0: That's it. What? That's how the story ends? Yep. Open up your Bibles. Jonah chapter 4. You want it to tie up in a nice bow and the bad guys, they repented. Yay, the good guy. He has a better heart for the people. Well, we're about to see. Jonah chapter 4, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. What displeased him? Them repenting. He went, he told them about God, and in God's love and mercy, he forgave them. Why? Because they recognized God for who he was. And Jonah hated that because he hated those people. He prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, is this not what I said when I was in my country? That's why I I, I made haste to flee to Tarshish, because I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. I knew it, God. I knew you loved people. And I, I didn't want anything to do with that. I didn't want them to know you, so I ran. That's why, because I knew you would forgive them. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. It's better that I die than to live. And the Lord said, really, Jonah? Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat at the east of the city and made a booth for himself, and he sat under it till he could see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant, made it come up over Jonah, that he might have shade over his head. Well, we saw the glass of lemonade here, same idea, to refresh him. God brought this to, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm, once again showing he's in control, and he attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint, and he asked again that he might die. It's better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry at that plant? And Jonah said, yes, I do. I, I, it's good for me to be angry, angry enough to die. And Again, we saw that portrayed a little bit here with the lemonade, right? Why do you keep coming back to the lemonade? Why are you so mad? He replied, yes, it's it's well that I be angry. And the Lord said, you pity the plant, which you did not labor for, nor did you make it grow, which came into being at night and perished at night. Should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 people that don't know the right hand from their left? And there's much cattle. The end. What? That's how it ends? Jonah. Jonah, what are you doing? You're crying about a plant? You're mad about lemonade? Yeah. Is that going well for you? No. What are you mad about? I really wanted the lemonade. I really wanted that plant. But Jonah, you didn't make the plant. It has nothing to do with you. You're, you're worried and sad about a plant. You're angry about a plant. But there's 120,000 people that don't know me. And now they just came in, into a relationship with me. And you care about the plant? Really? You, you're, it's okay to be angry? He's like, yeah. And the Bible ends with, oh, and there was much cattle, right? There's a lot going in and what we've just seen through this drama. And, and the point of today, this morning, as we leave here, he wants to leave you with this. God's love isn't just for us. It's for people. It's for everyone. And, and, and God's want us, God, God wants us to have the same heart for his people that he has for his people. He cares about people and he wants us to do the same. Would you pray with me as we begin? God, thanks for uh, this morning as we comp- continue to unpack uh, this passage and un- unpack really what you what you want for us as we leave this place, not to just hold on to this love, your love, but to pass it on to anyone. May we do that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, before we move on here, I just want to just thank uh, Hume Lake. Um, They put on an amazing program, a lot of drama, a lot of behind-the-scenes things. Can we make some noise for Maddie and the team? Y'all are rock stars. Thanks for all your help. Really appreciate you guys a lot. Counselors uh, that have given up vacation time to hang out with you and family time, can we make some noise for our counselors here? Counselors, thank you. Students, you've made some good connections with your counselors. Don't stop because we leave camp. And youth pastors in the room, pastors that don't get paid really much at all, and they stay up late worrying about you, not just your safety, but also your life with the Lord. Thank you, youth pastors, for what you do. If you're a a volunteer youth pastor, you're stepping in for this season, this is what you do, whatever it might be. Can we make some noise for our youth pastors? Thank you, youth pastors, for being here. A a quick little story here, and then we'll kind of try to land the plane with three quick little points, and and then we'll we'll watch a, a... Little wrap of video. Here's an interesting story I saw in the news. Um, in, in L.A., we have mountains, which is interesting, right? We actually do have mountains. We have big forests there you know in L.A. Um, and there's a lot of people that love to go hiking. There's this one hiker that actually really enjoyed hiking. This is about a year ago. He really enjoyed hiking. He was really good at hiking in the mountains in L.A. He knows those mountains really well. And uh, one day he got up, he just had his shorts on, short sleeve shirt, not much water, Um, and he just goes on the normal path, and all of a sudden there's, uh, he's like, hey, I I think I'm going to go check out a different path. So he goes down a different road, different road, different road, next thing he knows he's lost. And he's like, oh man, this is not good. It's starting to get a little bit colder, and he's trying to find his way back, and he can't, and he's now recognized, I'm lost, I don't know where I'm at, and I don't know how to get home. And so he starts doing whatever he can, he pulls out his cell phone, no coverage, and it's just like a bad movie, the bars of, uh, of, of his cell phone, he doesn't have any, so he has to get to higher ground, but he also sees his batteries draining, true story. He walks as hard as he can climb to the top peak of this mountain where he snaps a picture and he has one bar and he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't can't find his GPS. Can't it doesn't come up and he takes a picture and he sends it to his friend and all it says is help. I'm lost or something along those lines and he sends it. And as soon as he sends it, phone shuts off and he doesn't know if his friend received it or anything. Now he's sitting up there all beaten, battered, and weather torn, and worn, and he's got shorts on, and he sends this picture, and now all of a sudden, his friend in L.A. gets this picture, and here's the only picture that was sent, is this right here, this is it. He's got cut up legs, he's climbed to the top of this mountain, he takes a picture, and all it says is, I'm, I'm lost, help, well. What, is, what good is this going to do? You see, the GPS wasn't on there, so his friend doesn't know where he is. So his friend's freaking out. Uh-oh, this isn't good. Sends it to search and rescue, search and rescue. They search through all these archives. Hey, can we, do we know, anybody know where, where this is? No one knows where it is. So then they go to social media. Hey, does anyone know where this might be at? This guy's lost. We need help. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one, until one guy. He's not even much of a hiker, but he has a really weird hobby. This is his hobby. He, I don't know how it works, but he gets on his computer and he takes screenshots of movies. He brings them to his computer. He does his little nerd thing, right, whatever that is, that pops up and he somehow figures out where they film these locations of movies. That's just what he does with geography and, you know, bring all these different maps on and boom, he knows, oh, they filmed Pirates of the Caribbean in the Caribbean, or he could have watched the end of the movie and saw the credits. But he loves doing this, right? Taking different things and finding out where exactly is his film. And he's like, oh, he sees this. Hey, this guy's lost. Well, what? maybe I can help. So he grabs this screenshot and he does his little. And then he layers this all out. And he's like, you know what? I- I think this is where the guy is. And he sends it off to search and rescue. And L.A. uh, sheriff, they get up in their helicopter and they they go out and they find this guy within a mile of where the old computer guy said he would be. They find him. And this guy's rescued and he gets on a helicopter and he he comes and he, he touches the ground and he's so excited and he's so thankful. And the news media goes to the guy that rescued this guy. The guy who found him and said, Hey, you saved this guy. What, what, are you, what, are you, what are you feeling? And he said something profound. You ready? It says this. Well, it was very gratifying that he was saved. If you have information that can help save someone, well, that's something worth sharing. If you have information, that could help save someone well that's something worth sharing friends we have something that can help save someone and that is worth sharing Jonah doesn't have the heart to actually, he he wants God to be merciful to him, but he doesn't want God to be merciful to other people. I don't know if that's the case with you. I don't know if you're sitting in this room being like, I don't want anyone else to know. I'm going to hold on to the Lord. I hate these people. I don't think that's the reality for a lot of you. I think maybe some of you are scared to share your faith. You don't know how to share your faith. Maybe you're embarrassed to share your faith. Can I just encourage you with this, though? We might say, well, we don't hate them. That's why we don't hate them like Jonah. But as we don't share the most important thing in our lives, as we don't share the antidote of what, what can actually save them, in a sense, we are saying we actually want nothing to do with you. We have a lost and broken and hurting and dying world that is going to live their lives separated from God, not only in this life for eternity. And you have the antidote. It's something we're sharing. So can I encourage you? Have a heart for people and have a heart for the Lord. Let's start sharing it. I want to leave you with three things. May we savor the gospel. May we show the gospel And may we share the gospel. May we savor it, may we show it, and may we share it. How do we savor it? What does that mean? Savor means to dwell. May may you, may you uh, dwell. May you daily re- be reminded about the gospel, Ephesians chapter 4, live a life worthy of the calling. May we keep our eyes looking up, not down, as we have that little thing with the cross. Remember, it is, is this relationship has been restored, not just for heaven, but for today? May we constantly, uh, what, what Psalm 21 says, 121, may I lift my eyes to the mountain where my help comes from. May we daily refocus our thoughts, not on us and our circumstances, but on him. Why? Because our relationship has been restored, not just for heaven, but today that we really, we get to enjoy him. So enjoy him today. Dwell on the gospel. Let it transform your whole self daily. Literally ask yourself, I have to find myself asking myself this question. How? Write this down if you're taking notes. How has the gospel changed me today? Some of you, your life's radically, eternally changed last night as you made a decision for Jesus. And that's awesome. The the gospel, though, should literally change you every day. You should long to be connected more with him who is hope and life and peace. And as you are, it should transform you. So how is the gospel changing you every day? May we savor the gospel. May we think about it. May we dwell on it. May it change us every day. May we savor it. May we show it. How do we show it? John 13, 35 says this, a new command. Love one another. People will know that you're my disciples, you are followers of Jesus if you love one another. Love one another, shine as a church body. Yeah, look, it's, it's, I love camp for so many reasons, but what I just love, and I was talking to counselors yesterday, broom hockey, if you won, man, or lost, really, because you, you see that same thing. If, if, if you lost, people come alongside you, you guys embrace one another, it's like, ah, it's all right, we'll get them next time. If you win, some people literally climbed over the wall, slipped on the ice, jumped up and rejoiced, it was amazing. People stand up last night and and, and students and counselors come alongside and rejoicing and hanging on. Conversations that are happening around the fire or at the tables or in cabins. Hardship that's happening in life we're come alongside one another. There's a unique bond that happens here at camp. A love that we have for one another. A bond that you are getting. Here's the question. Why stop? Take that excitement and that love and go down the hill. It's easy right now because you're talking with one another. You're worshiping the Lord. You're interacting. You're talking about the Lord. But why stop doing that? Don't get distracted by petty arguments. Ephesians chapter 4 says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the enemy a foothold in your life. What's beautiful about a youth group is it's not made up of people just like you. The church body as a whole is made up of a lot of different individuals with a lot of different personalities. And what's cool is the unifier isn't sports or school or, uh, or entertainment. The unifier in your church is Jesus. So look for the differences in people, but be unified in Jesus. And as you start to love people that aren't like you, guess what? You show his love off in a practical way. People are drawn to that. So let's savor the gospel. Let's show that gospel. Let's show that we've been transformed, that we walk with Jesus by the way that we love our community, our church body, by the way that you love your moms, your dads, your grandmas, your grandpas, your uncles, your aunts. If you need to go home and forgive, go home and forgive. Crush those silly little petty arguments. Have conversations. Don't just be mean to one another. Don't just... If there's a conversation that needs to happen between you and another person in here before you get on the bus, let's squash it. Why? Because the world... The world is selfish. The world doesn't need to forgive one another. And we're not supposed to look like the world. We're supposed to look like Him. And He has a heart for Nineveh for people that don't deserve it. And we we have that love from him, and we are called to love one another. So let's savor the gospel and let's show the gospel. Romans 12:18 says, As far as it if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You can't change them, but you can change you. So as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with your youth group, with your mom's, dad, grandma, grandpas, uncles, and aunts, brothers and sisters, as far as it depends on you, because you've got the love of the Father pouring into you and out of you. Show that love. May we savor the gospel, may we show the gospel, and may we share the gospel. 1 Peter 3, 15 says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason For the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Are you ready? Are you ready to give an answer for the hope that you have? And don't answer this. I want you to just think about it in your own mind. Do you know how to share your faith? Do you know how to share the gospel? Because an opportunity is coming that, that, that the Lord is going to be ordaining you to say, look, go. It's not your pastor's job. This, you know, when Jesus leaves this earth, he says, go and make disciples. Baptize them in my name, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Making disciples. Go and do that. Not to just pastors, but to us. You have a hope, so share it. Oh, I got to bring them to my youth pastor. He really knows how to share the gospel. As if it's your youth pastor sharing the gospel. It's Jesus. It's the Spirit working in us and softening hearts. Do you know how to share it? It's all right. I was playing golf. I'm not really that good of a golfer. But there's so many... I was just playing last week. There's so many hard things about golf. All right. Squat down a little. Bend your knees. All right. Grab here. Uh, Bend your elbows. All right. Now... Stand on one foot. Now put too much weight on your foot. All right, now bend backwards, and then look up, but look down. And then crick your neck, and swing all the way through, but not all the way through. What? All my friends are like, they're all really good, and no, you got to do this. All right, now look in front of the ball. Now look behind the ball. All right, when you swing, swing through. When you swing, don't swing all the way through. And everyone's giving me all this advice. So I'm like, ah, bleh. Let me just play golf and start playing because I could sit here and just try to understand the the different mechanics of how to do it or I could just go out and play and when I start to play guess what I just get better at it. What if you just start practicing sharing your faith? If you're waiting for that one moment and you're terrified of the one moment you're going to finally that person's going to come and hey tell me about Jesus and you're like here we go It's going to be hard to talk about it. Last weekend, my my daughter, she came and sat. We were at a camp, and she comes and sits on my lap, and it was the greatest thing. It was just in the morning time. She brings a blanket out, and she just sits there, and she just hugs me, and I'm like, this is the best. And she's like, Dad, do you know anything about Minecraft? I was like, nope, not a thing. And she sat there for about seven to eight minutes going into all this weird detail about boxes and gadgets and blah 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 blah, blah, that I couldn't even tell you anything about but she just started rattling it off why because she loved talking about it and it was easy for her and her and her brother engage in conversations her and her friends engage in those conversations and it just is just kind of normal for her to talk about this thing may that be the same thing with the gospel talk about it when how about in the bus ride home Y'all mostly what? Two and a half, three hours in a car? Four? I got a seven-hour plane ride, so. But hey, 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 you know what's so rad about it though? You could push that back on me. Hey, how about you share your faith? Great. What would it look like just in the just from getting off of campus here down into town is what about 15 minutes? What if you just took 15 minutes? All right, you guys are sitting next to each other. How about this? One person starts. Just share your faith. Because what's going to come out is like, all right, in the beginning, Noah, uh, and there was some animals. There was a guy who had a coat. Um, He got thrown into uh, a lion's den, right? Because we have Bible stories, and all those stories are good, and they play into the gospel, but where do you go? Where do you take them? Maybe you just start to unpack it a little bit. I'm telling you, as you start to share your faith, something that kind of seems scary to you actually is the best news ever to share. And it just starts to come out of you. Why? Because you're just not scared to share it anymore. Friends, we're talking about eternity. We're not talking about Minecraft or football or whatever it is. Those things are fun. But we're talking about life-saving, eternal things. We're talking about the, the creator who loves us, who allows us a relationship that's restored because of him, not because of us. Let's share that. Let's share the hope and the love. Let's have a heart for the Lord. And let's have a heart for people like the Lord has. Romans 10, I'll leave you here with this. It says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, but how then can they call on him who they not believed? How can they believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they say? How can they call on him if they don't know about it? And how can they know about it unless somebody tells them? And how can they tell them unless somebody is sent? Friends, you're sent. Your life has been radically changed. Those in this room that call themselves Christ followers, your life has been impacted and changed forever because of Jesus. Not just that, I guess, let me, let me make something clear. It's because you call yourself a Christ follower, I guess. i got to be careful with that. doesn't mean you are. Those that understand, understand who God is and your need for God, your life has been changed. We don't do it like we have to or the relationship is broken because that's you doing more things to earn your salvation. No, we do it because we've been loved and we want to talk about the most amazing thing in our life. May we savor the gospel. May we think about it every day to think about how it's transforming my life every day. May we show the gospel in the way that we love our friends, our family, our church. And may we share the gospel with anyone we come in contact with. Let's have a heart for people the way the Lord has a heart for people. Amen. Let me pray for us. And Lord, we thank you for this camp. We thank you for the book of Jonah that starts out weird and ends kind of weird. And we've got a guy who disobeys you and I can relate because I find myself running from you sometimes. But Lord, I don't want to end my story bitter and broken and mad. I want to end my story humbly sitting at the foot of you, looking back on a life well lived. Not just doing things for you, but doing things with you. You know, when you're moving and you've invited me into doing some amazing things and as I'm right there in your shadow, walking life with you and you with me, doesn't mean life is easy, but it is what life is meant to be, lived with you, a personal God who is eternal, who is creator, who is good, who is satisfying, who is hope and who is love. You've allowed us to walk with you. May we do it and may we share it. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Check out this video.